the book of Mark. I hope you brought a copy of the Bible with you tonight. And turn with me to Mark chapter 14. There's 678 verses in the book of Mark. We're going to look at one of them tonight. The book of Mark. Well, I'm so happy. I've known about this church for a long time. I've wanted to be here for a long time. And the Lord has finally allowed me to come. And I'm so thankful for all that the Lord is doing right here. You know, we've got a bunch of good churches all across Virginia. And uh, it's my honor to get to preach in a lot of them. I was telling preacher this is the 107th or 108th church I preached in this year. And um, that's astounding. And that I have an itinerary is astounding. That just proves that even a bad evangelist, if you work hard, can convince somebody to let him come preach. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm, uh, I'm going to the Department of Education tomorrow. Uh, to talk with them a bit about some things. We've got some really bad things going on in our public schools. Really bad, really bad. Some books that are in the libraries are obscene. And, uh, and we're trying to stand up for righteousness. Would we like God to bless Virginia? Well, then we better do what God says. So I'll be there. I really don't want to do that. I do so many things I don't want to do, but somebody's got to do it. And uh, then Friday I'm flying down to L.A., that's Lower Alabama <laughs> to be with them, and I'm excited about that. And I don't know, just on and on, I'll be preaching here and there, um, lots of places, even through the end of the year. I'm going back to Georgia. I really didn't want to go to Georgia either. Got that runoff election down there, and I'll be in a number of churches because I believe Christians ought to vote. I think we need to be soul winners. I think we all worship God, and I think we need to be a steward of all of our influence, including our votes. And God hasn't called me to win, but He has called me to stand up. And it's time to stand up for Jesus and stand up for this Bible. And there are people that would like to make it illegal to have a Bible in America. Did you know that? Do you know in Scotland at one time it was against the law to have a Bible? Do you know in Canada right now it's against the law to preach against a particular sin? The unmentionable sin, if you preach about it up there in Canada, it's a crime. And there's people right here in Virginia wants to make that topic a crime to be preached on. But look, if it's in this book, you've got to preach it. If you're, if you're an honest preacher, and um, we love people, we love people, but we've got to stand with God. I didn't design marriage, God did. Between a man and a woman, God made two kinds of people. He made boys and girls, you know, men and women. And there are a lot of people confused on a lot of these things, and they, some of them are in office. <laughs> it's astounding, isn't it? doesn't look like somebody that would be that confused would be in office, but uh, we have some. And so we're working hard on those kind of things. But more than anything, we want to get people to Jesus. That's the solution, friends. That's the solution. Is this Word of God right here, the Savior? Uh, I mean, what is the theme of the whole Bible? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Who's the hero of the whole Bible? Jesus. Is there a villain in the Bible? Yeah, the devil. There is a devil. But I want us to look at Jesus for a few moments tonight, uh, Mark chapter 14. I will mention these CDs out there. They've spent the day in my car, in, the, in my trunk. They're lonely. They want you to adopt them into your family. These Bible stories for kids, we take stories right from the Bible. 
and uh, they, they're dramatized and all that, and uh, true to the Word of God, and there's a cat involved. <laughs> he never talks, but he meows every now and again. Old Simon the Cat is in there, Mr. Hightower. And then that song, Safely Home, there it is on a CD. And there, All the CDs are any size donation. I really mean that. You can go out there and donate whatever you want. There are prayer cards out there. And um, whatever you want to donate to help Bible Truth Music keep going. Oh, I do have one of these. I only have one of these with me. But this is our brand new coloring book. If you want to order some of those, we'll be glad to help you. If you want to get 25 of them to give them out in your neighborhood. What this is is a 32-page gospel track disguised as a coloring book. It's got scripture on every page and uh, right from our Bible. Let's get in the Word of God now. Here we are, Mark chapter 14. I thought this might be appropriate for tonight. Verse 26, And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Let's read it together. Ready? Begin. And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. This is Jesus Christ. He's got his disciples with him. And uh, they're having the Passover ceremony. And um, it's very interesting. It's the only place in the Word of God where Jesus is recorded singing. That's in the parallel passage in, in Matthew chapter 26. The same episode is found there. It's a parallel passage. It's the one time in the Bible recorded for us that Jesus sang. Now, I believe he sang many times, not just this one time, but this is the one time it's recorded. Now, music's talked about a lot in the Bible, 754 references to music in the Bible. There's a lot in the Bible about music. Moses was a songwriter. The first music teacher ever was a fellow we find there in the book of Genesis named Jubal. He was a music teacher. And God himself sings, Zephaniah chapter 3. And uh, you read on in the Bible, and Paul and Silas, they, they're singing down there in prison. And uh, we hear about that new song talked about there in Revelation. And on and on through the Bible, we see music. And hey, when your heart's full of Jesus Christ, you do want to sing. <laughs> the singing tonight has been marvelous. All these songs and all these choruses, I have loved them. And Miss Rebecca does a good job on that piano. I like that. Good pianists can help the congregation sound a lot better, you know. <laughs> Covers up all them bad notes that we're singing. <laughs> but um, this is the one time of Jesus singing. So what kind of voice did Jesus have? Was he a tenor? Was he a baritone? Was he a bass? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, most of our men are baritones. They're not very high. They're not very low. Most of us are just kind of mid-range. Um, what tessitura, what vocal range did Jesus have? I don't know. What timbre of voice did Jesus have? Timbre, spelled T-I-M-B-R-E. It's pronounced timbre. You know, everybody's got their own tone color. You know, you, you call somebody on the phone and you recognize their voice. You know, sometime back my wife was sick and uh, she called me on the phone one day. She said, uh, hello. And I said, oh, sir, excuse me. I said that. And I uh, shouldn't have said that, you know. <laughs> she was, but even though she is sick, I could still tell it was her. I could tell it was my sweet wife, Renee. We've been married almost 40 years. And um, I could tell it was Renee. That timbre of voice was still there. I don't know what Jesus' timbre was. I don't know his vocal range. But I know a few things. I know Jesus Christ is perfect. And I know that includes his music is perfect. 
Uh, how many in this room ever sung a wrong note? I'm looking at Brian right now. You ever sung a wrong note? Yeah. You know, I, I've been up here wondering, did I lead verse 2 already or not? You know, and lead verse 2 and after the service said, hey, you sang verse 2 twice. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that, you know. Uh, come in too early? Yeah, I've done it. Held on too long? Yeah, I did that. Sung wrong words? Yeah. Even on songs you've written yourself? Yes. I've done all those things. Wrong notes, all that. We, we do all that. We make a lot of mistakes, don't we? Has Jesus ever made a mistake? Never. But more than him getting all the notes right and all the rhythms right and all precise and all these musical things, when Jesus sings, everything's perfect. Because <laughs> everything's perfect about him. You know, we sing, um, I surrender all. I surrender all. Let me ask you. Should we surrender all to the Lord? Should we? Oh yeah, we should. Ever struggle with that? Trust and obey, for there's no other way. Trust, all right, trust and obey. Trust. Ever worried? Worry is the opposite of trust. It's exactly opposite. Is it right for Christians to worry? No. No, it's not right for Christians to worry. Trust and obey. Ever struggle with obedience? Yeah, all of us. But not Jesus. So he could sing all these songs perfectly. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Consecrated, set apart from sin to the Savior. Consecrated. Um, Jesus can sing all these songs perfectly. He said it this way, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Let me give you four little points real fast. Number one, in this verse, it says, and when they, the word they, it's a pronoun, it means Christ and his disciples. So number one in my little outline, I titled the sermon for tonight, Our Singing Savior. Our Singing Savior. Well, point number one, our Savior sang with his group of disciples. He was singing with his group of disciples. Do you know that most of the music talked about in the Bible is group singing? It's not a soloist. It's not a quartet. It's the whole group. Let me read you some Bible. If you're listening, say amen. amen. Oh, good. Psalm 66, verse 4. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing to thee. All the earth. Uh, Psalm 30, verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His. Psalm 96, verse 1. O sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Psalm 98, verse 4. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. God wants everybody saved and everybody singing to Him. We want to sing for Him, to Him, and about Him. <laughs> Why do you sing so much over there? That service is over there at Mount Victory Baptist Church. Why do you sing so much? Is it because the preacher can't find a long enough sermon? <laughs> Nobody believes that preacher. No, we've got real reasons that we sing. The Bible emphasizes all of God's people singing. It's not just filler in our church. It has an important job that it's doing. And our Savior sang with His disciples. And I'm going to encourage you, do not let the devil rob you of the joy of singing with your beloved congregation. 
whether you got a good voice or bad voice, go ahead and sing. We had a fellow get saved at our church many years ago now. His name was Jerry. He basically uh, was about a mafia kind of guy, very, very much into crime, his family into crime, all that. He got saved. And I remember the first Sunday he was there. First Sunday. I, I got up to lead singing that Sunday. This was many years ago when I was still at my home church where I went in evangelism. And uh, I got up there to lead singing. Oh, about seven, eight hundred people there. And choir here and orchestra over there and piano and organs going. And we're, we're going to start the service with brethren. We have met to worship. And Jerry was there. He, in fact, he was sitting about where you are, ma'am. He was sitting on second row. And he had a suit on. He brought a visitor. And man, he was excited about being saved. Oh, he was happy that he had been born again. Oh, yeah. And uh, I announced the number. Everybody get a songbook, number 13. Everybody, please get a songbook, and we're going to all stand together, and we're going to start our service with brethren we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Man, the, the music's starting, the inter, uh, introduction's going. And Jerry grabs a book, and man, he begins to sing. He began to sing at the top of his lungs. And he had one note, Brother Brian, one. What note was it? I don't know. It was a bad, bad note. He did not know the tune. He did not know the rhythm. He was not acquainted with the words. And I'm telling you, it was so bad and it was so shocking. I'm up here leading the singing and I couldn't remember how the song went myself, you know. We kind of had to regroup and get restarted, you know. He, I mean, he, he, he got us all off kilter, you know. So what is old Jerry doing? He is singing with his group. Jerry got into the family of God. And man, he was saying, by the way, he answered the call to preach, went off to Bible college. He's with the Lord now. He got cancer and is with the Lord. He became bus captain. I mean, this book right here, it works. The gospel works. Jesus saves. He got born again, but I remember Jerry's first service trying to sing with us. Terrible. <laughs> but he's doing exactly what he should have done, is to sing along. And see, Jesus sang with his group of disciples. Let me give you two more verses. Psalm 149, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. Hebrews 2, 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Number one, our, save, our Savior is singing with his group of disciples. Number two, our Savior is singing with Sorrow approaching. Sorrow was approaching. What sorrow is approaching? When they had sung a hymn, what sorrow is approaching? He's about to go to the cross. He's just about to go to the cross. Now some scoffer, some cynic, said, I guess, Mr. Fox, I guess your Savior didn't know how bad the cross was going to be. Because if he knew how bad the cross was going to be, he wouldn't have been singing. See, the world does not understand. The world thinks your music should be based entirely upon your circumstances. Our Savior was singing with sorrow approaching. Our Savior knew everything that was about to come. He, he knows all. He is God. He is divine. And he's singing just before he goes to the cross. It's astounding that the one time found in the Bible that he's singing, and he's going just before the most agonizing, most intense, most torturous, most stressful, most arduous event ever to take place on this earth. He who knew no sin became sin for us. It's not just the physical torment, all the spiritual. He had never known sin. And my dirty, rotten sin was placed on him. I learned that 50 years ago when I got saved. I was a boy in a citywide crusade. 
12 independent Baptist churches, worked hard, got all the boys and girls to come, all the adults to come. And I got born again on a Thursday evening, 1972, May of 1972. Praise God for the church coming, getting boys to bring them to church. I'm glad for Lighthouse Kids. I'm glad for all the things we're trying to do to reach children. Amen. Oh, listen, our Savior, He's singing, even though sorrow is approaching. It's just hours, just before uh, the cross. Now, later on, you're going to see Paul and Silas. They're out preaching. They, they cast a demon out of a girl, and, and they get beaten. because It looks like the town would have been happy about that. No, they weren't happy about that. Casting that demon out of that girl. No, no, no. They was making money using that girl. And the town got upset, and they beat Paul and Silas, and they put them down there in the jail. They're in the innermost part, the Bible teaches. That'll shut them up. Yeah, we'll beat them and put them in uh, maximum security. There we go. Hey, what are they doing down there? Oh, they're praying. And they're singing. Where'd you fellows learn that? To sing at such a dark hour. We learned that from Jesus. Because, see, a Christian song is not based on our circumstances. What's our music based on? Faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God. So when we're on top of the mountain, we sing. When we're in the storms of life, we still sing. We still sing. And we still sing victory in Jesus when we're in the deepest valley. Oh, yeah. Uh, a Christian, oh, God gives a song even in the darkest of hours. Number one, our Savior is singing with His group of disciples. Number two, our Savior is singing with sorrow approach. Number three, oh, I want you to help me on number three. Um, I want you to look at the verse. Everybody look at the verse. And when I pause, I want you to say the next word out loud. Verse 26. When I pause, say the next word. Verse 26. And when they had sung and... Oh, number three, our Savior is singing godly music. He's singing a hymn. It's not a Roman march or some, I don't know, Greek chant. Uh-uh. No, no. No, he's singing a hymn. All right, Brother Fox, exactly what is a hymn? We know the form, the composition form of a hymn has changed throughout the years. They, they come up with new formulas for what a hymn is. So I don't know exactly what the hymn form was in that. But for example, right now, today, according to composers and all that sort of thing, a hymn does not have a chorus. Hmm. So you mean, blessed be the name, blessed be the name. You mean that's not a hymn? Well, not according to the technical definition of hymns today. We put in a hymn book, and we got a lot of songs in there that have choruses. Oh, How I Love Jesus has a chorus. A lot of our songs have choruses. Uh, Amazing Grace does not have a chorus. But uh, so, uh, you know, some do, some don't. All right, so what is a hymn? There's a couple of things I do know. Number one, a hymn has always been. A hymn has always been a song associated with God. Amen. Secondly, a hymn has always been a song associated with God's people. I don't know if it had choruses or not. I don't know how many verses. I don't know all that formula, composition formula. But I know he's singing godly music. Amen. Probably. I don't know this for sure, but probably he was singing what's called the Hallel. 
the Hallel, Psalm 113 through Psalm 118. The Jews traditionally, not always, but almost always, just before the Passover meal, they'll sing Psalm 113 verse, and, and Psalm 114. After the Passover meal, it's Psalm 115 through 118. That's very likely what he was singing, just Scripture. It's astounding, isn't it? The one time that we see him singing, it's teaching us so much. He's singing with his group. That's the most effective music in the world. I like soloists, but man, give me a choir. And after the choir, give me a great big congregation. Oh, yeah. When, the world has no music that compares to God's music. God's music is the best. <laughs> We've had these crusades. We've had as many as 9,000 people in a service. And you get 9,000 with a bunch of them that have been saved. And they're singing at the top of lungs, Amazing Grace and How Great Thou Art. The world has nothing that compares to that. <laughs> but our Savior is singing godly music. May I make a little comment here? There is ungodly music that should not be found in any of our homes. I'll just be honest. Um, dads and moms need to guard their homes against certain kinds of literature shouldn't be in the home. Certain kind of programming should not be inside the home. And certain kinds of music should not be in the home. And dad, you don't have to be a music scholar <laughs> to implement that. Well, dad, you don't know everything about music. You don't even know what a quarter note looks like. He doesn't have to know what a quarter note looks like. He can just say, I can just tell by listening to that song, it's not right for our house. Because <laughs> God gives what's called discernment. And discernment grows by reason of use, the Bible teaches. And um, I wish I could just testify when I, when I saw my dad get everything right with God, I remember, I really remember this. My dad's now 87 years old. He can barely stand up. And my dad's, well, he's just my favorite in the whole world, my favorite Christian. I remember, I remember one of my cousins coming over and wanting to give us some records. Okay, not cassettes, not CDs, records. Okay. And my dad said, well, let me hear them before I accept them. And my dad said, Kenneth, to my cousin, he said, Kenneth, I really like you, but we can't let that music in our house. Now, you know, it, it takes some courage and some fortitude to, to take a stand with your own family. And my dad, I can, I can see him sitting in the chair and talking just as kind, but just as resolved. He said, now, Kenneth, we love you, but we're just not going to accept that music. We're not going to let that inside of our house. And, um, you know, Kenneth was moving out of the area and he wanted to just give it to us. And my dad turned it down. I've never forgotten that. And it's such a blessing to me this very day that I saw my dad took a little stand on music. And my dad's never been the song leader at the church. He never will be. He's got a very low, gruff voice. <laughs> he doesn't have the range for song leader. But I'm so happy that he kept the right kind of music in our home. And then lastly, so number one, our Savior's singing with His group of disciples. Number two, He's singing with sorrow approach. Number three, He's singing godly music. And then the last thing I want you to notice, one more time when I pause, say the next word. In verse 26, 
When I pause, say the next word. Verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they... Oh, just before they went, they sang. So I put it down this way in my notes. Our Savior sang in preparation to go. They're getting ready to go. They haven't went yet. They're getting ready to. But in preparation to go, they sang. I got meditating on that. I got thinking about that. I hadn't really noticed that word. But I got studying, getting ready for, for preaching this verse. Before they went, they sang. And I got thinking, all these churches that I've had the honor of preaching in, I see some Christians that are really going. They're going in that prayer closet and they're praying. They're going out there and they're knocking doors for the Lord. They're going to their job and letting their little light shine. And they, I mean, they're, they're going Christians. And all of us need to be going Christians. Amen. But I do see some Christians that are not going. They're not going to read this book. doesn't seem like it. How can we be healthy Christians if we don't read the Bible every day? Amen. We don't get in that prayer closet. We don't go in there in that prayer closet. Should every Christian have a prayer list? Well, of course. Of course. And um, I see some going Christians, but I see some Christians not going. I also see some Christians that, man, they are singing. I also see some Christians that are not singing. And I've been observing. Most going Christians are also singing Christians. And most Christians that are not singing, they're not going either. Um, what will kill your singing? I'll tell you. Listen, you cannot lose your salvation. I'm glad of that. But you can lose your song. How do you lose your song? Sin. Backslide on the Lord. Quit reading the Bible. Quit going to church. Just quit being on fire for God. Quit having that holy zeal for the things of God. Just quit it. You'll lose your song. It's a real shame to lose your song. Nine times in the Bible it says when you get saved, you get a new song. <laughs> There's 24 times in the Bible that says something is new in your life when you get saved. Nine times it says you get you a new song. <laughs> yeah. I want us to be going Christians. How about y'all? Now, I've been preaching just a few minutes tonight on the topic of our singing Savior. And I can tell you tonight that He is my Savior. Brother Fox, are you going to heaven? Yes. Brother Fox, why are you getting to go to heaven? Because a little over 50 years ago, I received Christ as my Savior. And so I know I'm headed to heaven. Not because I'm any good. I'm not. It's because my Savior's good. So I wonder if there's anybody online who's never received Christ. I'm glad you're online. And I'm glad for everybody here tonight. Have you received Christ? I mean, how can you really sing Christian music if you don't have Christ? I want you to stand. And we're going to open these altars. If you've never received Christ, you need to tonight. But I wonder if there's some dads that would just like to come forward and maybe stand here, maybe kneel. And just say, Lord, I'd like to consecrate my life in this area of music. And I want to lead my family right as far as music. Are there some men that want to come right now and maybe rededicate yourself to the 
great cause of the Lord. Just come on, all the men that want to come. I'm opening the altars for men first. All the men that want to come and say, Lord, I want to rededicate myself to you, including in this area of music, in every area of my life. I want you to have your way. Are there any other men or boys that want to come and just dedicate themselves in this area of music to God? Is there anyone who needs to be born again tonight? If you've never been saved, I wish you'd repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That's what Jesus said. And I'll tell you something, you can sing a song about Jesus and not be saved. You can sing a song about Jesus and not be saved. You can write a book about Jesus and not be saved. But I'll tell you something, you can't call on him to be saved and not be saved because he said, whosoever will, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah, right here in the greater Richmond area, one of the most populated areas in Virginia. Oh, people ought to hear us singing for the Lord. I'll tell you, a singing mama inside of the home can make a difference. Mama singing a little hymn around the house while she cleans house and while she cooks. A mama like that, oh, I'm telling you, greatly influences the entire household. Daddy, become song leader in the car. That'll be fine. Maybe you're not ever going to be the song leader here at Mount Victory Baptist. Maybe you never get a chance to do that, but you can be the song leader inside of your car. <laughs> our pastor's going to come and continue talking to us. I want you to listen to our pastor as he talks to us. Honestly, <clears throat> is music in the home really, <clears throat> and and in a church? Honestly, yes. you you see that when a church goes downhill, usually one of the first things to go is the music. The music starts going wrong, and the church is not far behind yes. it. Yes. It's important. Our music is important, and the way we sing. And boy, a song in your heart. I preached the message before. Don't let the devil steal your song. And that's exactly what happens. We let the devil steal that song, and the next thing you know, you're an unhappy Christian. Yeah. And there's no way to live as a Christian. There's no way to live as a Christian. And as Brother Fox mentioned, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, now is the time. Now is the time. We'll, she'll play through it one more time, one more song. <clears throat> 